0: He is Jesus, Son of God. We're, we're looking at his life in Mark chapter 14 this morning. So if you take your Bibles and turn there, Mark chapter 14. What a blessing to be able to continue to sing praise to this, this God. When Mark, when Mark started his gospel, he said, I want you to understand who Jesus, the Son of God, is. And that was two th- over 2,000 years ago. We're still reading it. We're still looking into who Jesus, the Son of God, is. And every time we look, we find that he is worthy of all of our praise. As he finished at the Mount of Olives and that great discourse that we've been looking at the last couple of weeks about things to come, now he continues. Mark continues in chapter 14, verse 1. Now the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread were only two days away. This is after he left the... The mountain from the Mount of Olives, as he was sharing about the things to come. And the chief priests and the teachers of the law were looking for some sly way to arrest Jesus and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table of the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume?" to prepare for my burial. I tell you the truth, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. interesting sequence of events, isn't it? Two, book, two bookends around this particular story. A story very much like one that we looked at a couple of years ago when we were going through the Gospel of Luke. Uh, because this happened earlier in Jesus' life. But in this case, Mark first lets us know the plot that the leaders of the Jews were, were concocting, were looking for to, to let us know how hated Jesus was, these leaders absolutely hate him so much that they're willing to kill him. Now they'll do it. They'll justify their their murderous attitude and actions by looking for that opportunity to catch him in blasphemy when it will be lawful for them under God's law to execute him. So that's, that's going to be their justification. But they hate him with a great passion. We've been seeing it building as we've been watching him address these guys. But now it's coming to a head. But they're going to hold off. They know this isn't the time because they know how much people love him. So they're going to hold off and just keep looking. Then Judas, of course, plays right into their, right into their hands at the end of the story. But in between these pictures of hatred... There's this amazing picture of love. Now, this, is, um, this story is also found in the Gospel of Matthew and also the Gospel of John. If you look at those, you'll see a few little other details that were, that were mentioned as well, but the story is an amazing one. This woman, if, if this is the same story, which, which appears to be the same story that John tells us in John 12, is Mary the sister of Martha and Lazarus and she does the unusual in this case in the middle of dinner when when you know when it's, when this kind of thing I mean I don't know when this kind of thing does happen honestly but she takes this probably most precious possession that she has, probably most valuable thing she has. Could have been her this could have been her retirement savings. Whatever it might be. I mean, it's pretty valuable it's a pretty valuable perfume that it was that it was said to have been worth a year's wages. I mean everybody here makes a different amount, but working for a year for whatever the amount is, it's a lot. So this is what we would call, I think, an extravagant gift. So extravagant, so extravagant that those who are here—and again, most of these are pretty, probably friends of Jesus. This isn't a this isn't a place where there are going to be that many enemies. Probably these are friends that are having these comments, saying, "Whoa, what a waste! What a waste! We can't we can't allow this. We can't do this. This could have been so beneficial to so many people. It shouldn't have been wasted." And you might think, well, Jesus might share that same opinion because he cares about the poor. And here he underscores a fact in his response. He does care about the poor. He wants people to help the poor. And that's part of what the church is called to do. In fact, it may be in helping the poor that we can do the very thing that Mary was being commended for doing when Jesus isn't here physically present as he was in her case. But Jesus being there in the flesh, he received her gift. Now, most of us would have felt somewhat uncomfortable with this, if this happened to us. If somebody loved us so much that they just brought in a year's salary worth of whatever and just gave that to us, we would, we would feel awkward. Jesus didn't appear to feel too awkward. You know why? Because he was worthy of that. His reception of Mary's gift, of her act of anointing, was a picture of preparation for what was to come. Remember, this is this is in the final week. This is is just before his arrest. That's coming later in this same week and his trial, and his torture, and his execution. It's going to be followed by his burial. And he's saying that Mary is getting a jump start on the week, and she's taking care of the anointing of the body, of the preparation of the body with this perfume for the burial. So here Jesus is announcing again his death. He's, he's identifying with the fact that he is going to die for these people for the sins of the world. And he's receiving from Mary the best that she has, anointing, preparing his body for that burial. He's also making a great statement about who he is. If he was a mere man, and remember, Jesus is a man, but he's also God, the Son of God. That's one of the unique characteristics The amazing characteristic of the Son of God. He is man and he is God. And therefore, he is worthy of whatever someone wants to give him, of whatever someone is moved by gratitude and by thanksgiving and by praise to do for him. He is worthy of it. He doesn't say, Don't do it. Do you remember when John, in the Revelation, bowed to worship one of the angels? because it was just so amazing. He said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm, I'm creation too. I, I was made by the one who deserves to be praised. Jesus doesn't say, don't do that, don't do that. He says, I receive it. What she's done is a beautiful thing. And he was right again, wasn't he? He's always right. He was right again. He said, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, this story is going to be told. In memory of her, seeing how you can give. Seeing that nothing is too much for us to give for the one who has given us so much. We read from Isaiah chapter 6, or excuse me, chapter 9 this morning in scripture reading. And most of us thought, hey, wait a minute, it's not Christmas. This is a Christmas verse. Yeah, it is, it's a great Christmas verse. It's also a Mark 14 verse. Because all the way back in the time of Isaiah, just like we had already seen in the study of Mark, all the way back in the time of King David, the Messiah was being announced as God himself. What are they going to call him when the Son is given? Mighty God announced by Isaiah. This shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, it still was. Shouldn't be a surprise. Numerous places in the Old Testament, a couple of times in the Psalms, particularly, and this passage in Isaiah clearly announces that the Messiah is going to be God Himself. And here Jesus is declaring that. By receiving the praise, by receiving the, the anointing of this woman, of this extravagant gift. And so, as we watch Jesus receive that gift from her, we watch him be glorified by that gift from her. We ask ourselves the questions Do we give? Out of this same kind of gratitude, do we recognize what he has done for us? Do we recognize who he is? Now, we don't have her her advantage of actually being able to touch him. That day is coming, though. Now, by faith, we can do the same thing that she did. Not exactly the same way, but we can show him our love. By what and how we offer ourselves. The Apostle Paul summarized it, we won't turn to this passage right now, but the Apostle Paul summarized it in Romans chapter 12 when he said, When we think of God's mercy, which Romans 11 was a lot about, and this woman knew the mercy of God, she knew what she deserved for her sins, she knew where her life was headed until she received him and had her sins forgiven and and was given the gift of eternal life. And out of gratitude for his mercy, holding back from her the judgment that she deserved because of him, the Apostle Paul said, in light, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's pretty much all we got. Everything that we are. Offering ourselves and everything that we have and everything that, that we um, influence, that we would give that to him, that we would use the person, the people that we are, the family that we are, the church That we are, that we would offer ourselves as living sacrifices, much like Mary, the one that has been given this great, amazing honor, that wherever the gospel's preached, I mean, Jesus was at lots of dinners. Lots of things happened in his life, but she is highlighted. We we hear lots of the stories of his of his disciples, of his apostles, a few other important people on the way, but she is elevated in this by this giving that she gave, by this gift that she gave, by this act of love and service that Jesus elevates her and says, This is not gonna be forgotten. Now, certainly it's not going to be forgotten in heaven, but he says it's not even going to be forgotten on earth because they're going to be talking about her for a long time. We're proof of that today. We're talking about this giver. We're talking about this one who recognized who she was before Jesus and recognized what Jesus did for her and what he promised her and what she was counting on from him. And she believed that he was worthy of the greatest gift that she could bring and we ask ourselves are we living that kind of life no matter what our circumstances some of us are students some of us are still considered young people some of us are just past, just past that <laughs> others of us are way past that it doesn't matter how far past that we are or how far we are to still get to to that status God will receive from us all that we have as well you see Jesus wasn't afraid to acknowledge that he deserved all the honor, praise and glory because he knew he was he knew what he had done None of the people around him surprised him. He made them. And he knew what they were going to do. He knew what they were going to be. None of these things surprised him. He was their maker. He is our maker. That puts us all on the same level playing field. That's why we all come together like this and spend this time worshiping him. Because we recognize, as she did, that he is worthy of it. And we come and do this at some sacrifice. I mean, I don't know if anybody knows, it is a really, really nice day out there. And and a lot of us have lots of things that we love to do on nice days like this. You know, for some of us, we're just itching to get out of here to get back to working in the yard. Others can't wait to get to the golf course, others to the lake. And, and all other different, hiking, all different kinds of things. Some, in spite of how great it is out there, they still hear that nap calling their name. <laughs> we come here at some sacrifice. It costs us something. For some of us, and, and, and none of us know the, the full story, but for some of us, it is so hard to go to church it is so hard to get, to, to get ready and, and, and everything, and, and all the planning and everything that goes into doing it, it is so hard to do that it's so tempting to say, oh, I don't think I can do it today, but we still do. There's some sacrifice that goes on in coming together to worship him on these Sunday mornings. It's some sacrifice that's going on right now in the wings of our, of our building where, where our, our smaller children are being served. Because the people that are in there serving them, in most cases, they love being in here for the worship service. But they're making that sacrifice to serve God. They're they're doing a merry kind of gift this morning, and they do it on and on and on to serve God by giving up their chance to be in here to to serve serve those kids. Praise God. It costs something to come here. It costs the praise team something to be a part of the praise team. You know, sometimes we we mistakenly think, boy, they are so talented. They just get up there on Sunday morning and they really put it together. It's awesome. Well, it is awesome. But it involves a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of expense, and all those kind of things. He's worthy. He's worthy. We don't say, oh, no, don't, don't do that. Don't use your don't use your Sunday morning like that. You you worked hard all week. You, you deserve you you No. It's worth it. He's worthy of whatever it costs us to do this. This is the day when some of us give. As I was talking to the children about this morning. In the prayer for the offering. This is the day when some of us give. We not we're not measuring how much. That's that's between you and him. But he's worthy. Whatever amount you gave or will give today, or gave earlier this week, or will give later this week, or, or this month, or whatever the case, however you do it, whatever the amount that you give him, he's worthy of that. You haven't you haven't outgiven his worthiness. Mary gave a year's wage to him that day, and he didn't say no, no, no. That's too much. He wasn't, you know what? He wasn't worried about how she was going to make it without that either. You know why? Because he'd already made the promise that he's going to take care of her. Do you remember the Sermon on the Mount? Do you remember what he said? It Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you as well. And all these things? Place to stay, food to eat, He's going to take care of her. She, she counted on that. Like I said, that could have been, that could have been in, in, in her culture's eye, that could have been her retirement plan. He'll take care of her retirement. He's got her. She's going to be okay. He didn't say don't give, that's too much. He can, handle, he can take the praise because he deserves it. And it's not arrogant of him to know that and to receive it. You would be arrogant of any of us to think that we deserved it, all right? No, I mean, even those of us who have, have, have done something or have some special ability, it would still be, we would still be unworthy recipients of praise and honor and glory. We don't, we don't deserve that. Oh, we can thank each other for, for the stuff that we do for each other and those kind of things, but praise is, deserved, is reserved by the one who deserves it, God himself. And Jesus, identifying with God himself in this case, says, guys, don't stop her. She's doing the right thing. Don't stop praising him. Don't stop giving to him. Don't stop serving him. You're doing the right thing. And if you're not doing those three things, start doing those three things. Mary is an example Jesus is is promoting, is is lifting up, and he told us very clearly, this story is going to be told. They're going to hear about this. They need to hear about this. They need to see the level at which she gave. They need to see the attitude that she had in her giving because that's how I want my children to live. And we as a church, we're as children by faith in Christ. Those of us who have put our trust in him, we now live for him. And we see this this woman, again, probably Mary, sister of Martha and Lazarus, as a great example. One of the prime examples. We saw a few weeks ago a nameless example of this. When you see something repeated in Scripture, supposed to take extra note. All right? Stuff that's only said once important. Stuff that's mentioned a couple of times especially in close proximity pay special note. Do you remember the woman who gave the two copper coins, the smallest of the denominations of money? These are two I mean look at the look at the extremes here. A year's wage and two tiny pieces of almost worthless coin. But what did Jesus say about the worthless coin? It's the biggest gift given because it's all she had. He did not say that about Mary's, but he says it was good and it was worthy to be remembered. Obviously, he thought the other woman's was worthy to be remembered too because we're still talking about her too. Take note of that. We're supposed to be givers. We're supposed to praise him not only with our mouths, but also with our lives. We're supposed to serve him, not only with our service within the local church, although there's many opportunities for doing that, but we also serve him with our very lives, everywhere that we go, everything that we do, especially through the love, the love of Christ that lives in us that we're able to extend and express to others in their times of need and also with the message of of the good news because what better thing can we do for anyone than share with them the good news of the mercy and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that he has offered to all of us who believe to let them know that in this in this time and in, in this time and age that we live in where there where there's seemingly less and less hope for the future that we have a great hope for the future Now, we don't like to see what's going on around us, but that doesn't stop us from being joyful because we know where we're going and who we're going to spend eternity with, not because we're such good people, not because we came to church so much, not because we gave so much, but because we believe in Jesus and what he did for us. And out of that belief blossom all of these opportunities to give and to serve and to honor him with our lives. And so this morning, we ask ourselves, where would we have fit in to the story? And, and don't be afraid to identify with the, the ones who are chastising her. They had a pretty good point. Jesus acknowledged it. Hey, you want to give this to the poor? Great. Give it to the poor later after I'm gone. And so we'll do that. But in the meantime, while you've got me here, give me what I deserve. Your praise, your honor, all the glory. Mary did that. We have the same opportunity. Different ways, different timing, but we have the opportunity. Like Mary, we will never be disappointed that we gave him too much. We'll never be disappointed that we served him too much. We'll never be disappointed in recognizing that he is everything to us. Only Jesus. Let's bow together for prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this morning for the beautiful picture that you've painted through your servant Mark as he describes this amazing event at the home of Simon the leper. We're thankful that Simon had been delivered of leprosy so he was able to host this party. We're so thankful for the way that you've recorded it for us that we can see this extravagant, loving, loving, gesture expensive gesture on the part of Mary and we're so thankful that you received it and in so doing reminded us today of your worthiness you are worthy Lord we're here this morning because we believe that and Father as we Acknowledge the worthiness of your son today. We ask that you would help any who are here this morning or or with us online who haven't yet put their trust in him. Who haven't yet trusted him for the forgiveness of their sins. And the gift of eternal life. We ask that you would work in their hearts. That you would continue to draw them. To that faith that would believe that Jesus is enough. And that they can let every other effort that they've made, every other philosophy that they've adopted, they can let all that go and they can believe in Jesus. Help them to be willing to give up whatever it is that they're doing that is against your plan, against your will, against their good, that all the sins, that they're living in, that they would give those up. And Father, those of us who already know you, we pray that you'd also help us to continue in that pattern of repentance, of turning away from the sins that so easily entangle us, as your word tells us, that we might live lives of complete and free giving of ourselves and of our things and of everything that we are to you for your glory Father as Mary glorified you on this particular day we pray that we would be able to bring you glory every day that you give us while we're in this life and we look forward to spending eternity with you because of what you've done for us and we pray these things this morning in the name of our Savior our Creator, our Sustainer Jesus Christ your Son, Amen